2: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai,
1: there's joy in every journey.
0: The Around the NFL Podcast. Mostly believes in aliens.
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Well, some heroes. Chris Wessling to my left and Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Wes, if if you just you know get out of the way for a second, I want to talk about this cold that I'm dealing with. <laughs> um, because we are, yeah we're facing challenges here in, in in the in the studio, Wes. Your brave battle against the big C, but this summer cold.
3: I mean, don't underestimate little C.
2: <laughs> you know when you get hit with a summer cold let alone one that comes right before you leave for vacation which I'm doing tomorrow oh you don't talk about something that makes you rethink like your priorities where you are in life I'm in that spot right now
3: I think whenever you have a chance to reevaluate your priorities because
4: you have the sniffles you have to do it
2: I mean who gets who gets a cold it's
4: summer yeah and then you get banged with a cold no it's tough I know Wes you've kind of you know you've been in and, in and out battling um you know, having your battle, but uh, I
2: told you, is you know about West so much,
4: right? Right. Now we're talking but about well, Ryan. what I, what I was gonna say was, you know, Dan, Dan was Dan was at that party uh, at the work function function on Thursday night, and who knows? I don't know if the sniffles are related or not, but it it probably was a little bit of a drag on his weekend. So I was thinking about Dan quite a bit this weekend because of that.
2: <laughs> wow. Well, thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. Yeah, we had a a good time at, at the. A commissioners awards and it got a little turned out. And I'll tell you what, Sully, you you opted not to attend. I didn't. Uh, uh, I think you would have had a good time. I, I think I would have only added to that turned out <laughs> aspect of the party. <laughs> so, it might be a good thing I didn't show up. So yeah, uh, everybody out there who might be worried, or like, okay, oh, should we start a GoFundMe or whatever for Dan? No, I, I would say hold off on that for now. <laughs> We'll see where I am as the week progresses. I again, I will be on vacation after today, but I am <clears throat> very an- basically annoyed that I have a cold. And Wes, like you and me, we could talk about this stuff.
3: I am on the same wavelength because <laughs> cancer is not what I thought it would be. It really is an annoyance. Yeah, it's, it's, I thought it would be like the tumor is eating you away from the inside, you know, you feel <laughs> fatigued after chemo. No, it's it's annoyance with not being able to eat. I would kill for a cheeseburger.
2: Oh, yeah. It's I, just annoyance. You're saying cancer is a little less like gravitas than you thought it would?
3: I'm saying that it's completely different than I thought it would be. Like the symptoms, the day-to-day frustrations are as much mental as physical, mm-hmm. and in my case, with esophageal cancer, it's my complete inability to eat or drink basically anything right now.
2: Oh, it's awful. We, we were saying before the show started, Wes has lost weight because you're not able to eat as much. But right now, it's not like, pssst, Greg, Wes doesn't look good. It's actually like, Wes kind of looks hot right now. Wes is hot. <laughs> yeah. he, he looks tight and right, and uh, <laughs> and so far, so good in terms of your frame. Uh, and, you know, I wish we could have a cheeseburger together, though, Wes.
4: I was given the paramour. Yeah, these sniffles haven't stopped Dan from wolfing down lunch <laughs> at the huddle in about 35 seconds today.
2: Listen, when you have a cold, you got to feed a cold. He so did black both of us, didn't he? Yeah, I did. <laughs>
3: you say that, I was giving the paramour a hard time because I can tell she is more attractive, attracted to me now <laughs> with cancer than she was before cancer. And then, you know, got, a, I, got a, uh, I got a guilty laugh out of her for that. That's...
4: That's a problematic
2: situation. <laughs> yeah,
4: that. Yeah, I don't know if I was you, how I would feel about
2: that. Eh,
3: that's... Life's life. What uh, do you do? Take
2: what you can get. Yeah, well, we're so. Yeah, although you know, this has moved now away from my situation back to you. Uh, I will say uh, that it is great, great to have you with us, Wes. Uh, every time you're in here, we love it. And uh, now today's show. Now today's show is it's 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 solid. It's a solid show. I'm kind of into the show a little bit. Pre-show grade. Let's see, Wes is here. His weight loss has been a positive (laughs) on some level. I'm not feeling well. Greg was a little difficult in the pre-production meeting. (laughs) But then we came around. B-minus. Okay. B-minus. Okay, so uh, today's show, we're going to hit up some news in a little bit more unconventional way, uh, uh, as we'll get to in a couple of minutes. And then what we're going to do is, we did this last summer, and we want to revisit it because it's kind of fun. Uh, is we'll look at the 12 teams that made the playoffs last year, and then uh, it's kind of like our confidence scale on how confident we are that those uh, those teams will return to the playoffs in 2017 after making the dance uh, a season ago. So we'll go through that, uh, and that included some math that we'll get to that I sat out and we put it in Greg's hands. Uh, so that's that's the plan for today before we get going. Formally, we'll say hello to a uh, Sully behind-the-glass Hey, buddy. Fellas, how was it? Hello, Sully. How goes it? How goes it? So you you did not want to hang out with us at the... No, I did. At the... Uh, I, I did. I definitely <laughs> did. Award. I was
1: just feeling about... I was. I would rather sit on my
2: tuckus. And that's what you rather. did, right? I did. Thursday was your Friday. It was. You told us. Yep. And what did you do? Uh, I
1: watched start. the N- NBA draft with a couple coworkers, and I okay. uh, just sat on my tuckus. It was nice.
2: So you were hanging out with coworkers, because you gave us... The, but The reasoning why you weren't going to the wards is why would I hang out with people I work with all day? <laughs>
1: but these coworkers Ooh. live across the street from me, so it was yeah. literally like walk across the street, boom, okay. watching
2: the NBA draft. Okay, buddy. Yeah. Uh, let's do some news. Let's do it. Man, stuff like that never happens to me. Man, stuff like that never happens to anybody except for Marcus.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: now, one of the things uh, with with Wes and, and this fight he's up against, uh the idea of let's you know have some fun together let's get together and maybe have some like nights in at west manor and that was a sound clip from the 1992 Eddie murphy uh, vehicle boomerang which west i know you and i have a lot of uh, common ground on that film we're both big fans it's
3: hammer time baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I love boomerang it's it's one of my favorite movies of the
2: 90s um greg this was this movie came out before you entered earth uh, at no, some we were. I,
4: I watched Boomerang many times in high school. Actually, <laughs> you did. You we were, were. I, I was in on, boom,
2: I'm in on Boomerang. Okay, good. Um, so we're gonna have like a Boomerang viewing party uh, at some point. We we're banging out the details with the paramour at the commissioner's event uh, dinner. Now it's just a matter of getting our hands procuring a copy of Boomerang, which might be more difficult than.
3: Nah, you could. I can order it from Amazon streaming or something for two ninety nine or whatever.
2: And if you're not aware of Boomerang, it was a. Uh, Eddie Murphy playing the suave single dude on the loose in New York, who struggled to commit.
3: Robin Givens in her prime. Uh, Halle Berry before she was the leading lady, she had to play yes. second. She had to
2: play the supporting actress. She played the supporting. And you
3: know what? Love should have brought your ass home last night.
2: <laughs> Halle Berry was at the point where she was playing a girl next door supporting uh, part, which she obviously outgrew.
3: I've never seen a girl next door to me looking like Halle Berry. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's fair. All right. Now, this is what we're going to do for the news. We're going to mix it up a little bit. We love uh world and not just because Greg uh, built the entire enterprise brick by brick, not even just HTML. Of course, he built out the website, but I mean also the office in <laughs> None which of they do business. True. None <laughs> of this is uh, true. Greg is uh, at very, uh, not physically doing it. You were the, the brainchild for everything <laughs> uh, behind RotaWorld's worlds rise. Yes or no? The, no. I would oh.
4: say Matthew Poliot, who is the first blurber who does still do, you know, the first baseball. blurber. He was the guy I was the second full time. Uh, I was first full time on football, but he was doing all the sports. Polia, okay. I worked at under Polia for a minute. I was doing baseball on Roto
3: World yeah. for at baseball. least one summer. Baseball guy. Uh,
2: Can you save for the Poliette podcast Yes, yeah, <laughs> Uh Anyway, the point was that both Greg and then later Wes worked at Roto World in various capacities. Uh, it's a great website. Uh, listen, NFL dot com is an excellent website as well. But a great place for all matters football at the NFL page on Roto-World. So what we want to do is what I do often when I just check in what's going on, I see Roto-World. Just go straight down the Roto-World headlines. And they're not paying for this. And no. perhaps they should. Um, Sully, can we reach out to Roto-World to see if uh, <laughs> retroactively they can pay us for what we're about to do? I'll try. Yeah, just like yeah. not even 20 bucks <laughs> 20, we'll take, how, about, how about a pizza? We'll take a pizza. They can yeah. spring for a boomerang. <laughs> Let's get Evan Silva on the line, see if he could buy Boomerang and then mail it to us. Oh, he's big time. I saw it. He can definitely afford that. You could
1: you could buy it for seven ninety six on on. Uh, oh on, really? Uh, on Walmart.com. All right,
2: we'll That's see that. if the shadowy league figures <laughs> might uh, might be able to expense that one. Thing you have to buy a DVD player because who owns a DVD player? <laughs> see, we got we're bumping up against some stuff here. Let's start with the top of the Roto World headlines. Michael Floyd sentenced to one day in jail. That comes mm-hmm. after violating the terms. Of his house arrest, Uh, he was, of course, you know the story that he uh, was under house arrest, could not um, drink any alcohol, had the monitoring bracelet on, and then uh, flunked a test reportedly, or multiple tests, and blamed it on kombucha, which we tried, which was pretty tasty, I gotta say. You tried it? yeah, Yeah, no, I really liked it. On this podcast, we had some kombucha tea. And it was pretty – pretty Ew, hippies. Good. Yeah. So that, i had
4: never had it before. Why not see yeah. what's going on? We, we can
2: thank Michael Floyd for that. Open your mind, Wes. they but, got
3: it on tap at the facility, don't they? At the Vikings facility? And that's how he got in trouble. <laughs> oh,
2: my goodness. Anyway, so Michael Floyd, who was signed by the Vikings, they have him in their plans, and there was a fear that Floyd was going to miss a, a big portion of the season, might get thrown in, in, in the pokey. Is that what they call it? Uh, for an extended amount of time, because the judge is really pissed, gal. the Uh Instead, it's just one day, so he's out of there. I don't know what this does for his uh, with the NFL if this le- leads to more trouble, but that's what's going on. One day in jail for Michael Ford.
4: Let the man have his kombucha. Well, I mean, the test. There are many ridiculous things about that, you know, excuse. But the the biggest one was the tests were taken at like four thirty in the morning. So that means he was just chugging kombucha overnight in that scenario. Uh, I think it could impact the NFL suspension of Michael Floyd, which the Vikings and everyone else, including Floyd, are still waiting to find out what it's going to be. So the fact that he did not stick to the terms of his house arrest and it's still been a problem, I would think that's something the NFL will frown on. And potentially, I mean, this could be a long suspension. It might not be a short one.
3: Could be, and it might also not hurt the Vikings very much at all, considering... He's running behind Laquan Treadwell as the third receiver. Uh,
2: moving on in the Roto-World headlines, they have – What?
3: Is he not? No, he is. Oh, okay. Sorry.
2: Uh, moving on, uh, Nick Fairley has an issue here. and uh, The Saints have placed Fairley on the reserve NFI list uh, with that heart condition he's dealing with. He's expected to miss all of 2017. That, according to the Times-Picune, uh, this came after multiple consultations to try to to nail down what what he was dealing with, three different opinions, uh, and now we're wondering if we've seen the last of Nick Fairley in the NFL. We hope not, but how do you how would you uh, describe Greg Rosenthal Nick Fairley's career to this point?
4: That's a great question. He's, he I can't I have to say he's had a good career. He is been better as a part-time player than as a starter, but once teams like the Lions and the Saints figured that out and the Rams, he was pretty valuable. I mean, he earned a four-year $28 million contract, so his value to the Saints was was pretty high. Here's
3: what's counterintuitive about Nick Fairley. The Lions spent years trying to get him to lose weight
4: and then he goes to the Saints is bigger than he ever was and has his best year. <laughs> right. But I think he was a good like I think the Rams would say they were happy with what they got out of Nick Fairley too. He wasn't a guy who was going to be great every snap but a big guy who disrupts you in the middle of the line that has significant value and the con- the contract says it and it's another big loss for the Saints. Who has had a worse off season than the Saints? No one is the answer. Who uh, else
2: did they lose?
4: They they lost their starting center, Max Unger. Who knows if maybe he'll be back uh, for early in the season. And they lost Teron Armstead, their Mm -hmm. left tackle, for four to six months. I mean, that's three key
2: players who are getting paid a lot of money with pretty serious injuries. Up next, this one coming out of Philadelphia, the Eagles uh, wide receivers coach Mike Rowe says that Alshon Jeffries had the best offseason in years.
0: Trope alert. Trope alert. Trope
2: alert. That, according to ESPN.com, believes that he's pleased where he is. Uh, Groh said he's pleased where Jeffrey is physically and mentally. He's in a good place. Uh, Groh worked for Jeffrey for three seasons in Chicago, including that one big, huge year he had in 2013 when uh, he kind of broke out as a future star. But, you know, this is commonplace. That's why it's a trope alert, people. It is a tropler. I wouldn't put too much stock in it,
3: but with Alshon Jeffrey, as much as any wide receiver in the game over the past half decade, his conditioning has been a problem. Right. So I think if he's in shape, that's half the battle.
4: No, I mean, this, this headline, I think, was at the top when we first came up with this idea. Some actual news dropped in between. Right. And this... You know, nonsense is kind of was the inspiration that there's so little going on. Let's just go through these Roto-World things. I read a tweet from Joe Thomas, Brown's left tackle. Yes, I, yes, beware who he is. He tweeted out today you have to feel sorry for NFL beat writers who have to come up with these meaningless off season articles. Ever heard of a quote bad off season and he was linking to All right, Joe. a uh, pro football talk article. That was uh, praising Jamal Adams for his unbelievable work, and it's true. This I really I know we say this every year, but I put it. I've never actually gone to an OTA before or a mini camp, and it really ha- it hammered it home that they're not playing football. So what? And and everyone kind of knows this, and yet we they still fall into the same thing. He's had a good offseason or bad offseason. What it just means they're like in shape or not. Well, what, I mean, they're not even playing the sport really that they're going to be playing. What were they playing? Like seven on sevens. Yeah, there's seven. There's no. I mean, there's no tackling. There's no even touching. You can't. Yeah, there. There's seven. Occasionally, there's eleven on eleven. Most of it's just individual work. You know, positional groups. So you can in shorts, but you it's can all in clean.
3: Very little from any of this. As
4: a, as a reporter, especially, but I even think as coaches. Okay, he's had his best off I guess that just means he's in shape and he's
2: kind of focused. He's healthy and in shape. That's, That's all you can ask it. for. That's it. Next up, Cam Newton resumes throwing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, the first it. time he's. Uh, Thrown since undergoing shoulder surgery on March 30th. You know, this comes – he was supposed to throw at the end of minicamp, and that never happened. Um, And now here he is throwing a week or two later, and there still is a belief that he will be uh, ready to roll come training camp. Camp Cam Newton-West, does this mean anything to you?
3: No, nothing. I I think – throw Andrew Luck in the same category. It's our 24-7 football news world. Where this stuff appears to be meaningful, and it really doesn't mean anything. We'll find out what it means when, Trini, mm. when training camp opens and when we see him in, in action against actual football players. But no, the fact that he's actually throwing, he probably could have thrown a couple weeks ago, but they everything has a timetable, and you have to do it by that? No, I don't think it means much.
2: Sully, the, the Panthers released a video. Where, yeah, they released a away?
1: video, and it was the most overproducing I've ever seen. It was just him <laughs> throwing in the locker room. And I with, did with catch with that. dramatic music, and I'm like, are you serious? I saw it in you the corner of my, my eye, right? and I was like, they wait. They treated it like
4: Teddy Bridgewater returning from one of the most devastating uh, injuries, which the Vikings kind of blew out as a hype video, which I get. Yeah. This is a little different.
2: Plus, it was like in the locker room where the ceilings are like 10 feet high, so it's not like you're really throwing. It's like He threw to a trainer that was like 10 feet away from him. Yeah. All right, moving <laughs> it on. It needs
4: a bit. little something that he's ahead of Andrew Luck despite being too much. He, he's, well, wait, Andrew Luck could see, probably throw at yeah, nine feet in the locker room, this too.
3: This is my entire point. He's not ahead of Andrew Luck, but because the Colts have told Andrew Luck, we don't want you
4: throwing, he hasn't tested. So my point is that he had surgery two months later, and they've been confident – the whole time that Newton will be ready for camp and that he's been throwing. So I think it's safe to say from the outside, he's on a little bit of a faster timeline and his surgery was likely not as invasive.
3: I, my point would be that we know nothing and you're just using conjecture here. The Colts have approached Lux rehab differently and they don't want him to try throwing. So he could be way ahead of Newton and we just have no idea. We're just, this is why it's a
2: June story. Next up, Miami, Jay Ajayi could push for 1,900 total yards. With a question mark, this is coming from ESPN. This James Walker, uh, <clears throat> who believes a guy could put up nineteen hundred total yards if he stays healthy. My only thought on this, and it's all obviously uh, kind of ridiculous to uh, to really make that type of statement, especially if you are going to say nineteen hundred, bro. Just go up to two K. Just say you can approach two thousand yards. Nineteen hundred is oddly specific. Right, and
4: having the question mark at the end also makes it like, well, yes, he could. He could run for any amount of yards. You could put three hundred yards. You could put twenty-five hundred. Put yards a million of total yards. Put a million he yards. Could, he could not do a million, but put, he could. A million is not. No, he couldn't. Let's put he Greg could. on the spot here. Oh, stop! If you were still running Roto World, oh. would, would this be a headline? That's what I didn't want this to be about. <laughs> we love Roto World. It's a. It's. I'll a put myself on Rotoworld. the spot. It's
3: not a headline. No, uh, it's it just wouldn't. a beat writer throwing numbers out. West coming back. With some heat,
4: that's what I like. I mean, he's coming back. He missed a couple shows. Figure Wes, oh, he's, he's gonna come in calm. No, Wes is coming in with that nineteen hundred yard en- energy. And
2: you know what? Uh, it's not just because just- Wes is in the fight of his life right now. Doesn't mean he's gonna come in like a Santa. That's not now. what I mean. I'm- oh, good point, Greg. You did it again. What's the next <laughs> news element? It's
4: like no, it's gonna be Wes. Jay Ajayi last year started twelve games. And he had 1,400 yards from scrimmage. So just doing the math out, if he can stay healthy, he was he was basically at that pace last year. And uh, I, I think this is not an overly optimistic projection. If I'm in fantasy drafts, I'm taking some Jay Ajayi. I'm, I'm thinking 2,000 yards from he, scrimmage.
3: If he could run for th- 200 yards in three different games in every year of his career, he'd be the best running back of all time. <laughs> right.
4: Their <laughs> offensive line was really terrible, I think, last year. And... And we'll see if it's better. On paper, maybe it should be better. I I think he's that type of runner, and he's one of the few running backs left that, if he's healthy, we know is going to get the ball 300 times.
2: Next up, uh, Le'Veon Bell videoed – videoed, is that a word? Playing basketball. Uh, Why is this notable? Because Le'Veon Bell had groin surgery Mm. back in March. Le'Veon Bell tweeted it out himself uh, on Twitter, and then Roto-World turned it into a blurb, and that's how the sausage gets made, baby. Does it matter?
4: Well, here's how the sausage also gets made. The headline field, I think, only has a certain amount of characters. Couldn't fit in videotape. Went with videoed. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, he's. I guess. Is it, does this matter?
2: When you built the HTML, though, why didn't you just build in a little more space to get in a headline that? The more character space, the more you could put into that headline. And, and a website like this, it lives and dies on the headlines. I mean, I, I feel like that's a basic structure error on your part. I,
4: I think, think you need to put a uh, you know limit. Then <laughs> the headlines just go forever. My headlines would just go all do? the way across the page.
2: They would just go all the way across the page like 200-word headlines. Bang, 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 bang. But I didn't build Road World brick by brick. Uh,
3: see, I think there's a subtle but important distinction here between Le'Veon Bell and Cam Newton. Cam Newton isn't going to be throwing, like, soft 10-yard passes in games. Right. Le'Veon Bell is going to be making the same maneuvers in football that he used on a basketball court. And when you can actually see the videotape and he's moving with some agility – that would tell me that a groin surgery worked, and he's he's in football shit. He's I, fine.
4: And, and I don't know if you watch this, Dan. You're saying to move it along. You got to watch this video. I mean, watch his crossover here. Labian Bell's nice. I mean, he is making some moves. You got to wait a second here. Look like Mateen Cleaves. <laughs> I mean, he's going between the legs, crossover, then going back and going with the left hand.
2: Pretty good. I mean, he's a good athlete.
4: Looks like TD's Instagram videos Ooh. against what I'm our saying. defenders. He he does. That's to nice. your point, Wes, it does look like a kind of move he would be making running the ball. I
2: feel pretty good about it. And he's a big dude. You see him on the court. Looks a, a little big. He, his fl-
4: his weight has fluctuated as a pro. He looks like he's back up a little. Bit. A little beefy. Mm. Uh,
2: maybe that should be the next road. Get road him on blurb. my diet. Uh, next up, let's hope not. I don't know if he wants that. Never mind. Colin. Riddick refutes Chiefs rumors, and what is this about? Uh, ESPN analyst Lewis Riddick has not. Uh, excuse me. What is this report? Updating an earlier report, ESPN analyst Lewis Riddick has not been contacted by the Chiefs. The news comes from Riddick himself. The Chiefs have not contacted me. There is no interview set up for this week. Source me, he tweeted. Rapchita reported that the Chiefs were looking to interview Riddick for their GM job, uh, but maybe that's not the case. I mean, if I'm on the Roto World news shift,
3: I'm paying particular attention to Lewis Riddick's phrasing, which includes "this week." To me, that's key. Mm. He's not—he's not denying it outright. He's saying, "This week,
4: I don't have an interview." Well, and he but, said, "Have not contacted me," and I don't know. Could I'm always going to have? Uh, yeah, NFL Network uh, Insider Ian Rapport's back. The, these are all done through agents and intermediaries, so I don't think that report from. Ian comes out of nowhere. He gave Riddick a, a little bit of a "lol, whatever" uh, on some. Ah. On some, some, someone responded saying, "Like, what's up with this?" And uh, I, I, you never know. Maybe he hadn't. Who knows? I don't want to get in another man's business, but it's tricky when you have <laughs> one job and other people are searching you out for another job, and maybe you, you well, know, all of
3: these different reports. I think we can take. Lol, whatever, and say that's Laura Ville Magnifico. If, mm. if Ian is approaching it that way, he knows there's something going on. And he said they're working to set up
2: an interview,
4: not necessarily that. Magnifico. Magnifico.
2: Moving on, Paxton Lynch gaining ground on Trevor Simeon. That, according to Mike Cleese at Nine News Denver, uh, Lynch quote made his move on Simeon during the final two weeks. Of OTAs, West Trevor Simeon did uh, pretty well last year, Uh, but Lynch is going to be a guy to watch here. He's a first-round pick. First-round picks don't sit on the bench for two years.
3: It's an interesting scenario, and Broncos fans have been cracking me up on Twitter lately because they are rooting so hard for Paxton Lynch, so hard that they are seeing his 2016 game film through some pretty perverse eyes. (laughs) He, had a, br- per- he had a brutal two starts for the Broncos. They're getting the, perverted? The distance between Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch last year is measured in miles. Paxton Lynch was so overwhelmed in whose Light years, starting, even. Light years. And <laughs> Mike Kliss, who wrote this article, said, without that last week of, of mini camps and, and OTAs, Simeon would have ran away with this job. So in that sense, it's important. But wasn't it Vance Joseph, who was the head coach, who,
4: when asked what he's taking away from OTAs, said nothing? Yep. Absolutely exactly. nothing. Nothing, right? Which I so I give him a chance. I mean, I give Lynch a chance, but let's let's see it in camp. Please. I
0: agree.
3: I think it it says two things: one, that he's comfortable with Mike McCoy's offense; that it probably took a few practices, and two, that he's comfortable being an NFL player. You know, guys who come from spread systems in college don't even know how to run a huddle. So he's just now getting to do everything. Now is getting to be more natural instead of thinking about it every time he's doing something.
2: By the way, who gets to decide who starts in Denver? Is it Vance Joseph or is it John Elway,
3: or is it Mike McCoy?
2: I, well, I just feel like El—that's Elway's boy. That Lynch move—that if he if he's going to put some pressure on the people below him, I could see it happen. It's a
4: great. It's a great question. I think the, the honest answer would probably be it's collaborative. that—that yeah. that that you want it to be. Those two that's guys are it. discussing it. And, but, and Elway's voice
3: matters. I looks the thing football. There's only 16 games. You can't really afford to be playing a guy just because you drafted him higher. You have to play to win.
2: Moving on, Adam Gase messaged Peyton Manning about a return. Now, this one's a little interesting. It came from the Miami Herald. Uh, this came right after Tannehill partially tore, Ryan Tannehill partially tore his ACL in week 14. The text said, hey, 18 – Tannehill went down. I think he's going to miss some time. The first question I'm going to get at the press conference in the morning is if I'm going to tell if I'm going to bring you to Miami. What do you want me to tell them? Did my question? First of all, is that serious? Second of all, is that really the first question that any reporters going to ask? I'm curious about. No, that.
4: shouldn't I, shouldn't the reporter ask that?
2: I Peyton think Manning I, was done. He was. I mean, Peyton Manning was and struggling
4: and not looking to play football. I don't think that was on anyone's mind last December, really.
2: Do you remember it ever coming up uh, at the time that it happened? It feels
3: like it came up at least once a month that people are wondering if Peyton Manning was going to come back.
2: Hmm.
3: I think any reporter who knows Gase's relationship with Manning would have to ask that.
4: It seems like, well, it seems like Gase was... Now, this came from Archie Manning, uh, who was talking to the Times-Picayune at the uh, Manning Passing Academy down in uh, Louisiana. And uh, Archie always loves, like, kind of... like putting these things out there, I feel like. I feel like
2: Gase was probably just testing the water, seeing what old Sheriff wanted to say. Would would there have been a more depressing sight than a 40-year-old Peyton Manning throwing wobbling ducks in early January for an overmatched Miami team in the playoffs? Uh, it would have been a horrible way for him to I mean, go out. He went out as a Super Bowl champion. Uh, that would have been so sad if he went out with a Dolphins team learning a playbook on the fly. His body unable to make the throws that he na- makes the throw. Imagine if this he, all worked imagine out. Imagine if
4: he took that hit that Matt Moore took. Who is it? Was it from James Harrison? I don't remember who. I think it was laid him out. Matt Moore took some took a beating in that in that Steelers game.
3: Out of all of the headlines, I think this is the biggest non-story. What do you want me to tell them to me is just straight up. What do you want me to tell them? I don't think there's more I think to the just joking around with his buddy. It's his friend. He's he like, might have been they're going to ask around. me this. So what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say when they ask me this?
2: Jay G- Jay Gruden gushes about third year wide receiver, uh, Jameson Crowder. Uh, this according to the Washington post, he's an excellent dynamic player continues to prove every day. Why we love him so much. This could be seen obviously as another trope alert. Uh, do we uh, believe Jameson Crowder's Crowder is the real deal?
3: I think this is a story because I don't know if this is the same article, but last week also came news that he's going to be playing in two wide sets. So, like, especially for a fantasy football news site, Jamison Crowder should be getting upwards of 900 to 1,000 snaps instead of playing third receiver snaps. I think that is big news.
4: Yeah, Terrell Pryor is going to get a lot of attention. Josh Dotson people are curious about, but Crowder's. the more likely to guide a, him and Reed are still going to be the guys you think of as one, two. There, the guys that have been there.
2: Oh, I'm so sick. <laughs> I hate it here. Are you okay? No, I'm not okay. This is the thing that I'm up against, and I'm dealing with it, and I'm not happy. Going to be on a plane with my two and a half year old son tomorrow for five and a half hours. Is that something that I'm excited? Could you
4: knock this out and by then drink some fluids, get some sleep? You I'm know? Trying.
2: I got nine hours of sleep yesterday, and you know, woke up sicker. Uh, I have
4: a, I have an offer for you just because you're such a good yeah. friend.
3: I have you would not believe my medicine cabinet these days. <laughs> oh, yeah, take
1: me
2: through it.
3: Yeah, you can have your first choice of whatever pill you want in my medicine. Is
4: this legal? What we're talking about right now
2: is this street legal. I well,
4: think it's okay between <laughs> friends. You can are they part.
2: prescribed to you? Yes. Can I take someone else someone else's prescribed medicine? I'll do it.
3: I'm not selling them to you. I'm just giving you one.
4: It's like a magic
3: pill for your airplane ride.
2: Okay. We Let's have a shadowy
4: about. league figure in the back today looking <laughs> askance at us. Right now.
3: You might need help sleeping on that flight. Yeah. All I'm saying is I've got some powerful, powerful yeah. medicine. Oh,
2: Wes, you show, even even though you're my elder, you show uh, <laughs> a, a lack of awareness about being a, a father still. yeah. I hey, would love to sleep hey, on that plane. Hey, Emily. Trust me. <laughs> Hey Emily, I'm gonna go out. Uh, knock out
4: you Look, watch No, it's me. just me and Jack. Emily's, oh, really? Emily's oh. following of Harrison.
2: Oh, it. It's just me and the boy.
3: See, I thought Emily <laughs> I thought Emily would be there, and I was gonna say, You're not asking permission, you're just popping the pill, and then consequences be what may. Emily, and, <laughs> Emily yeah.
2: That is funny. Emily and Harry are following a few days later, but oh, okay. it's just Jack and I I could do that and just tell the flight attendant, Hey, you're watching him. <laughs> Like, that's never been done before. He's only partially potty-trained. That was trained. like
3: every other flight in the 60s.
2: <laughs> He's only partially potty-trained, and it's a total – it's the wild, wild west with number two right now. And then I just pass out for six hours.
3: My medicine cabinet is <laughs> off-limits to you then.
2: <laughs> Finally, in the Roto-World headlines, is, does it matter or not, uh, New Jersey Advanced Media's Connor Hughes, not or, expects Matt Forte to be the Jets' offensive workhorse this season. Um you know, uh, this is like a, it's a fantasy site at its heart. Do not draft any Jets. Don't do it. Because even Matt Forte, who proved last year best used in uh, small portions at this state of his career, he uh, once they started using him too much, he went down the drain. Blau Powell might be a better player at this stage. Uh, so in terms of the handcuff situation, maybe, but you don't want to get involved with the Jets this year.
3: I do not trust Connor Hughes anymore after this.
2: Ooh. <laughs> Shots fired. I
3: mean, hey, what are you talking about an offensive workhorse who's 31 years old and looked like the slowest running back in the NFL last
2: Well, he might be on a historically bad Jets team, so – if there was any type of team that would have a 31 year old workout horse running back, maybe it's. Right, but this, this is team. the
4: same coaching staff that talked up Bilal Powell, said he could be a pro bowler if, Billy's he, had, a good if player. he had enough carrot. Philly Powell, Philly's I mean, a good player. In fairness, Hughes is in a tough spot. I mean, that's a, that's essentially the company's changed, but Connor Orr, essentially the same company. He was at the Newark Star Ledger. You follow a legend like Connor Orr at your company, it'd be yeah. like if, if Peyton Smith was the next quarterback. Of the Broncos, you, or that, that's not even a good example, well, you know, because he wasn't that good. <laughs> no. I am just saying, you don't want to have the same name well, you as the be... legend if if, if Derek Beater, uh, you know, replaced old number two at shortstop. <laughs> Derek,
2: Derek Beter. <laughs> this is this is how it breaks down. You want to be the guy. You want to be the guy, okay? And then if you are not the guy, you never be one. You never want to be the guy who replaces the guy. You want to be the guy who replaces the guy who replaces the guy. That's what you want to do. And uh, what were we talking about? Oh, so well said. <laughs> you know, Connor, Connor Beckersley, when he comes in and he's replacing Hughes, he's in a better spot. But Hughes replacing Orr, tough spot. I'm waiting for Connor Beater. <laughs> Connor Beater. That's what's happening in the Roto World News. All right. You want to hear about more stuff?
4: That was fun. We should just we'll just use Road World from now on to save us from <laughs> planning the show out.
2: <laughs> let's uh let's talk about this first though. Let's talk about Underpants. Elevate your underwear game to the next level with MeUndies. What is MeUndies? Ah! just seriously soft, feel-good undies delivered right to your door. And MeUndies are designed in LA and made from sustainably sourced no, Adol, a fabric Adol. three times softer than cotton. MeUndies softer than soft. Luxe undies. Come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. And guess what? What? Ah. You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash around the NFL and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead, revamp your underwear drawer. You deserve it. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash NFL 20, uh, excuse me, around the NFL. MeUndies.com slash around the NFL. You know, I we had that big bonanza where we said everybody buy MeUndies at noon on uh, that Wednesday a few mm-hmm. weeks back. People did it. And people did it. And then I go to report it upstairs. I say, "Hey, did we get did we get any feedback on this? How, did we move some units? MeUndies happy." Silence. I I see there's a shadowy league figure behind the glass. I don't know if he, you know, if if he's cracking some skulls. They we should have the upstairs people saying, "Hey guys, you and MeUndies are in a good spot right now emotionally and uh, you know financially." <laughs> Instead, in the- we just we float. We have no idea whether we affected the bottom line at all. We're in the trust tree with MeUndies. Who knows? Maybe we are. Maybe there's such a juggernaut now that it didn't even. But we have a lot of people. I got pandemoniums on right now. Oh, yeah. Nice pair. Got the pizzas. The pizzas are the best. You got the mm. pizzas? Got the pizzas. Pizzas are good. Pizza pie. So maybe we'll find out at some point whether we, you know, we made some progress. Got to get in that MeUndies trust tree.
3: <laughs> it's
2: where you want to be in life. All right. <clears throat> now, fun exercise. It's uh You know, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. Every year, um, teams that made the playoffs the prior season, they don't return. So anybody that wants to get conservative with with their uh, predictions for the 2017 season, you bang. You're banging yourself in a big spot because every year multiple teams fall out. Greg, in fact, put you on the spot a little bit here. How many teams fell out of the playoffs this past season that were in in 2015? I'm going to sneeze. Hang on.
4: (laughs) I could go. Hate myself. I want to die. I could go through and count them, uh, but that <laughs> wouldn't be very good podcasting. I'm going to guess five.
2: Oh, okay. I mean, is this Let's a just game? I, uh, I maybe Sully. Can you work on this while we while we do yep, the segment? I got you. Which teams? How many teams did not return? Maybe name the teams as well. Anyway, it's going to be probably if I had a guess, three or four, three to five. It used
4: like to be about six a year, and then I feel like the last few years there's been a the NFL's, little less.
2: Yeah, the parity issue, and it's made. There's some top-heavy teams, anyway. So twelve teams make it, six in uh, each conference. Nailed it. And uh, so what what we did was Wes, uh, Greg, and myself each uh, – six, six, didn't six, six make, it back. Didn't make it. There you go. Um, uh, we called it a confidence scale. We took each team, and the team that we were most confident about would get one point, and the team we were least confident about would get twelve points, and then we added it up. Divi- uh, did we divide it, Greg, or we just went with the total sum? We didn't do a divider. It's okay. It's fine. I put you in charge of the math elements. I can't
4: well, do Well, there would be no point in dividing it. Yeah. I mean, we have the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? So it's 35. The numbers don't really matter that much. I mean, it, we're sorting it out, and there you go. You got your order.
2: I got the order right here. I'm looking right at it right now. See, I got a little bit lost in the wilderness there with the numbers. It happens on the show. Um <laughs> So here we go. Let's go through the teams. So if six didn't make it last year, let's just work off that. There's a good chance that either like half of the teams, it could be more than half of the teams, but don't expect it to be anything less than, let's say, three or four. So a lot of teams aren't coming back.
4: I might have messed up. Oh, no. Did you blow it? One of these teams is going to suffer a debilitating injury. No, I was good. I, oh, you're I good. wish I didn't say anything. Yeah,
2: That's okay. Don't worry about just it.
4: Just double-checking my math. You
2: know? L- well, we'll start at the top because there's, no, uh, there's no reason to pretend like this isn't uh, uh, going to be the, the choice. I'm just happy that Greg d- didn't delude himself into thinking that some of the team would be ahead. <laughs> All three of us put number one for a total of three. Let's take a trip to the throne of ease real quick here. Just like we were just talking about on the um, AFC hierarchy update. Patriots, we had it in their own tier. Although we were arguing with Greg a little bit, who thought that the Steelers should be right next to them. The Pats, are universally, all most likely. What would it take? I think Greg uh, West, you just said it basically. What would it take for the Patriots to miss the playoffs?
3: Even if Brady gets injured, the roster is strong enough, and Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough for them still to make the playoffs. So right? what would it they take? They would still
4: be the heavy favorites in the East if Brady. I mean, them. it it is it is crazy that if not for three you know an eleven and five record not being good enough in the Matt Castle year, that they would have made the playoffs every year since two thousand and two. That's it would, wild. And even then they tied for first that year too. But it, that is that is it is absolutely insane. Here's what it would take, and this is within the realm of possibility. We've
3: seen this happen to teams before. It would take an injury to Brady and Garoppolo.
2: Yeah. Which is
3: and probably Gronk, you know, which that happens almost every no, year. No, I think time. I think it's
4: fair to say are Little they Jake, a playoff team with Jake Brisket? I'm not uh, sure.
2: Thirteen, you know, they still have Belichick. Yeah, he still have Belichick, and he's proven Matt and, Castle is Matt Castle, and they won eleven games that year. They went one and one with Brisket last year. Yeah, you know what? They
3: might still make it. Ooh, slice
2: me off a piece that of that would be Jake Brisket. I don't take anything away from Belichick as he helped to develop Brady, uh, but if they ever went on a deep playoff run with a Jake Brisket at the controls. Why even do the league anymore? We've seen it play at its <laughs> highest level. Coach at the highest level. Why have head coaches anymore? Well,
3: they have Belichick. They also have a guy who, if he's not the best schemer and play caller, Dante Scarnecchia. I was going to say Josh McDaniels. Oh, okay. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is great, but Josh McDaniels is right there with him.
2: Dante Scarnecchia is a Scarnecchia or Scarnecchia?
3: Skarnec- Scarnecchia. Yeah. He gets it.
2: He has a pretty good because not only is he an offensive line coach. Do you know any other offensive line coaches in the league? Tom he, Cable. A lot. All right. All right. <laughs> do you know that? Like, did anyone get more credit than Dante Scarnecchia for fixing everything wrong with the Patriots? So they also have the greatest offensive line coach of all all time. What is this? Greatest quarterback, greatest head coach, greatest offensive line coach. That's a trifecta.
4: He gets overlooked, the continuity. Brady's always been in essentially the same system since day one. So
2: it was a big drop-off for our group at number two. uh, But we all – it looks like we all had them in good position here. The Steelers are the second – Least likely team, mm. a total of eight. And I want to I wanna see what I uh, sent to Gregors. Greg, can you – I thought you were going to send me this. You <laughs> lied to me.
3: <laughs> blame it on Greg. What are I, you talking
2: about? I, I sent you the thing. I had them at three, and that means someone else <laughs> – Don't blame me. Someone else had them at three, and then one of us had them at two. I, I,
4: yeah. Greg, you've you've got it all. You've
2: got it all. I do have it all. Good. So the Steelers – uh second least likely. I and uh yeah, that West, that makes sense, right?
3: I had them at three. I had the Seahawks as more likely, but I think you could make
4: certainly make the argument that Steelers are more likely. I mean, the Steelers have missed the playoffs a decent amount in the Mike Tomlin era. Am I so it they, they are a little bit more of an up and down uh, team, I guess they haven't since 2013, but they did miss it two years in a row at one point, and they they missed it three times under Tom. But I we we spent a long time, so I won't repeat myself. But I, I think they're the second best team in the NFL. I think they're they're in the same ballpark
2: of the Patriots. And one thing, if we talk, about what could stop them? Yes, again, it's probably injuries, but
3: Landry Jones playing quarterback. Exactly.
2: There's a big difference between the Patriots, uh, and maybe it explains a lot why the Patriots who see their window wide open right now, would not trade Garoppolo because they know they have coverage, whereas the Steelers know their season's over if Roethlisberger gets hurt. And let's face it, Roethlisberger gets hurt a lot. He hasn't had too many serious injuries, but now you're getting into that part of his career where stuff can happen. Josh Dobbs is going to win that backup spot, calling it out.
4: And not a bad division. You at least have some teams in that division. Pipe down with the Josh Dobbs.
1: Ball head, weighs in. Yep, go balls, Josh
2: All right. So number three, let's move on. So we're comfortable with the the Steelers, the Packers come in at number three, just a total of nine. Uh, so I had them at two, uh, myself because I, I also looked at the division. That's why I had them number two. And I, I'm not really as high on the Vikings as, uh, as maybe some other people are this year. The bears, I think we all know what's going on with the bears. Uh, they stink. And, um, and the Lions, I think the Lions will come down to earth uh, as they did near by the end of the season. So I think the Packers, by default, are in a very good position to win that division going away this year. Very confident in the Packers getting back yet again.
3: Again, I'm more confident in the Seahawks because of division. I actually like the Vikings a lot this year. Hmm. And I think the West is the Seahawks to win. It, it's always the Seahawks I, to win now.
4: Yeah, I hear you. The thing is, they have made the playoffs. It, it, it's almost underrated. Seven
2: straight years. They did make on an 8 7 and one Yeah, one year, fine, right?
4: but that that speaks to you talking about yeah. it being a bad division. I mean, they've made it seven straight years, and they made the division around six of those years. So I don't see any reason why this isn't a – even among those Packers teams, on paper, I think this is a, a good Packers team, that they should have reason to feel a little bit better about their defense. They're pretty deep on offense. That, that they're right there kind of with, with the Steelers as two teams. I would be really stunned if they somehow blew it.
2: Uh Okay, so those three, the only three teams in single digits when you added up our three uh, little confidence rankings. So then number four, uh, the Seahawks uh, with 12 total points. And, uh, Wes, you said you had them at two. Why don't you dig in a little bit more why you thought they're almost a, uh, basically a stone-cold lock.
3: They are every year. I mean, what's changed? I, I don't – why would we doubt the Seahawks for a minute? Hmm.
2: I guess you can make the case that the Seahawks, is, you know, maybe on the defensive side of the ball, uh, whether it be injuries or whatever else, don't have the same allure as they once did. And maybe that window of them being a a ultimate, like a real favorite in the NFC has closed now, and I feel like they've come back to the pack just a little bit.
3: I, I guess. I feel like their defense has been together so long that it's a, it's an obvious competitive advantage. And I don't think the Cardinals' roster is any better than last year. In fact, I think the Cardinals' roster is worse than last year's, especially on the defensive side of the ball.
4: Yeah, I had them fifth, but it's only because, you know, there's such good teams, I think, ahead of them, including the – you know, I put the Falcons and Packers, you know, a little bit safer – the one concern, you know, they weren't a great offensive team last year. That was, you know, there was a lot of focus on the defense, but it really was the fact that they they weren't good pat they weren't good passing the ball. Very up and down. Uh, late in the season, Russell Wilson had some rough games. You know, they were just. I like the Cardinals this year. I've been I've been saying that, and so that's why I had them a little bit lower.
2: But they, it still would be surprising. The, Car- the the only way the the Seahawks get in a lot of trouble is if they go through one of those funks where they end up being a around ten win team, and the Cardinals bounce all the way back, which happens if Carson Palmer plays like he did in the later portion of the season. And if, you know, uh, Honey Badger gets back to being Honey Badger and David Johnson continues to be a dominating force, it's not impossible. But, all right, we had him at – I had him at five, Greg at five, Wes at two. Next up, number five on our list, combined list, the Atlanta Falcons. Interesting.
3: Another team – this team, stronger roster than last year. I had them down – I think I might have had them at fifth on my pool because the NFC – South might be the strongest division in the NFL. Woo! I mean, that's a lot of competition. I like care in that. That's a lot of competition and you could see if the Falcons suffer an injury even for just a month, it would allow maybe the Panthers or the Bucks to to sail past them.
4: My instinct is always, you know, a team has a great year out of nowhere, then I think naturally I just kind of pick them to fall back to the middle of the pack, but I'm I'm fighting against that with this Falcons team cuz they're loaded. I just think they're loaded. I think their defense is going to be so much better. They have so much room to improve. That that I'm in on on the Falcons as yeah you know, they were fourth on my list and I'm in on them really as the the co NFC favorites with the Packers. I just don't think they. I don't. I know Kyle
2: Shanahan's gone, but I don't think they can blow it. I had them at seventh on my list for the Kyle Shanahan, but I do put a lot into the the Super Bowl hangover thing with teams, uh, and there was never a worst. Never a worse tequila night out than Super Bowl Fifty (laughs) One, and I think these guys—they've been talking about it all season. How a lot of them are like, "Oh, we'll never get over that game." Mm -hmm. I think they might lose a little bit of, you know, swagger. It's a cheesy way to look at it, but I feel like that loss will stick with them, and I and I don't think they'll be as good offensively this Mm -hmm. year. The if the defense is a lot better, then I think it's going to be better. Nice
4: young group. I mean, maybe your experience recently with a hangover though is impacting your judgment. Mm -hmm. Well, no. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I can relate.
2: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's fair. I get one or two hangovers uh, a year at this stage of the game, and I did have one on Friday. Luckily, it was a day off for me, so I was able to <laughs> to rest up and uh, recharge the old batteries. Uh, but it was a tough Friday. It's not how you want to spend your Friday, hungover. Hey, you know, at this point, what am I? Hangover? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Drinking to the point where we get a hangover? No.
3: You're a grown-ass
2: man. Yeah, there's no more of that. All right, moving on. <laughs> Number six. Maybe that's why I'm sick. Maybe it was my body saying, hey, d- <laughs> you are a 37-year-old father of two. Uh, when, the, when the woman sticks the shot of tequila in your face, what you should say to her is, no, ma'am. No, uh, no, crazy Dre. I am not going <laughs> to take that. It's always smell true. you later. All right, moving on. Let's see. <laughs> where like your we? body's
4: like, I'm used to softball. you running around the bases <laughs> on Thursday
2: night. What's up with this? Exactly. Number six, we have the Raiders. Now It's kind of interesting here. Well, we, Sully, we don't ding the Raiders until we really <laughs> talk <laughs> about them. Say something nice way. about them. You have to say something yeah.
1: nice. Yeah, well, I mean, we have them at six. It's kind of nice. They're Mm-hmm.
2: Kind of is
4: it of though? Is that nice? It's not. It's not not nice. It's not not nice. I have they're, noticed they're in, this.
1: They're in arguably the toughest division.
2: It's a trend, uh, Sully. I've noticed the last couple of shows that I'm not sure you understand what the ding is for.
1: <laughs> no, it's for it's for nice things. <laughs> I've noticed that too,
2: though. Yeah. At one
4: point we were just like, and then the third team in the AFC West, the Raiders, It's like, ding. ding. We, we're we like, mind. no, that's, that's we that a, it.
1: We mentioned him.
2: For new listeners, right. by the way. For, for new listeners and Sully, the ding <laughs> is part of a, a Derek Carr initiative when he came onto the show, came onto the podcast. Uh, part of the deal for Greg and I to be unblocked uh, by Derek Carr, the Raiders quarterback and the highest paid man in the NFL now. So you have to say something nice about the Raiders every show. I thought it would just say anything about the Raiders, but mm, no. Oh, see, but there that's, you go. That's where the disconnect is. Yeah, there's glad disconnect. we've worked it out. Now. We worked this out. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right, here we go.
4: I mean, it's it's a lesson to anyone out there who wants to come on our show and get the around the NFL bump.
2: Unblock us. Yeah. Get the bump. You're going to be paid. That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, connect the dots, everybody. The Raiders, we had a total of 17 points, and I uh, tell you what, that's okay. Why are, is it only because of, as Sully said, the AFC West, why they shouldn't be higher? Because I think, if anything, the Raiders – with their quarterback healthy again and all the pieces coming together, should be higher on this list. I had them at four myself. Wes, your thoughts?
3: I do think they are a stronger team than some of the ones ranked. I I think the Raiders are a stronger team than the Packers. Hmm. But they're in a tougher division. And I do think they should be clear favorites in that division. I think the Raiders are a stronger team now than they were in late December and early January. Interesting.
4: I, I think that's fair. I, I like the Chargers. The Chiefs and the Broncos are going to be a lot to deal with, but I think it's fair to, to say that they're the most talented and should be the favorites. And they're just in an AFC where we are we have two teams in the Pats and the Steelers that we think are stone-cold locks. We're not really hurting the Raiders. By this, by this
2: math, we're six teams out, six teams in. They're back in. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. They're back in. Now, yeah, if you want to break it down this way, according to the way we did this, <clears throat> these next six teams are the most likely teams to get booted. But I will I will add a caveat here. We have the Cowboys here at number seven and a 19 total score, adding up our three uh, confidence ratings. Uh, <clears throat> There's quite a drop off after the Cowboys. So yes. I think all of us feel that the Cowboys, while things can go wrong, and I, I've said it many times on the show and on network that I think a lot of things, kind of everything went right for the Dallas last year. So uh, judging on the the fact that sometimes a team will come down to earth that they could face a bigger struggle, and the the NFC East is going to be I think very competitive, but at the same time I'm pretty confident still that the Cowboys are going to be back. I in fact have them ahead of the Falcons. But uh, where did you guys have? Them? That surprises me because
3: haven't you been on the Cowboys are due to suffer a letdown? <laughs> yes, cause... but I feel the
2: same way about the Falcons. Oh, yeah. But I I I the reason I have them close together and a little bit lower is that they're both loaded teams. Uh, but there is something about both those teams that I, I can't move past. Mm. I think. So
4: Dan buried
2: the Falcons. Mm. That kind of slipped
4: under my radar. Uh, I had a bet. Buried. Yeah, okay. Buried. I had a bet seven. Yeah, we were consistent. We all had the Cowboys 6'6'7. Six, six, I just could see that. I, I would be a little surprised if they missed the playoffs, but I wouldn't be shocked because I think that division could go a different, a couple different ways, and I think the NFC is deep. I, I think it's deeper than the AFC. The, the one concern for me with the Cowboys is the concern
3: throughout the Jerry Jones era since Jimmy Johnson left. They just don't have the depth. So if they do get injuries to key positions, I don't see them being there. But the offensive personnel where you've got an all-pro at wide receiver, an all-pro at tight end, three all-pros on the offensive line, an all-pro at running back, and the reigning rookie of the year at quarterback
4: is way too stocked for them to miss the playoffs, barring injuries, I think. I think you're right. I mean, I think I think the defense – You're just counting on Rod Marinelli to do a lot. You're changing out four starters from a secondary that was pretty good, was the best part of the defense. You don't really have much in terms of a pass rush to get excited about. It's asking a
3: lot. Well, you say the same thing about Rod Marinelli every year. Mm
2: -hmm. Here's the the final five teams that we'll start. Now, these are the teams, according to the way we broke it down, it's pretty – None of these teams would surprise any of us in this room if they missed the playoffs. We're kind and of that, picking them not to make it. And that starts, you know, and that starts in a somewhat surprising place. A team that doesn't get a lot of respect is the Kansas City Chiefs with a score of twenty five. I'll do the math there. Twenty five divided by three. Well, twenty four divided by three is eight. Three people. Eight point three. Nice. We have them at eight point three. Which is, you know, not that good. Which
3: explains why they are actually ranked eighth. Eighth.
2: Round it down. <laughs> then you take it down to eight.
3: It's. I mean, the math checks out. Here's, here's my problem with the Chiefs. They are experiencing an identity crisis. They are not operating as a team that is all in to win in 2017. Hmm. Or else they Why would not have cut their number one receiver. They would not have fired their GM. They would not have used their first-round pick on a quarterback who won't even come off the bench when they could have used the first-round pick to boost another position in their starting lineup. I don't think they're operating like a team I love it. that expects to win that division this year.
2: I like I like that. I think that the logic checks out. If you're in that building behind closed doors and you're looking at the landscape and you're saying to yourself, okay, I know wins, loss, we have the best record of anybody in the last season and a half in the NFL – but are we really, at can we honestly look in the mirror and tell, us, tell ourselves that we are better than the Patriots, that we can match up with the Steelers in a big spot, that the Raiders aren't a better team than us if they're healthy? And maybe they're saying to ourselves, instead of like selling out with a team we know isn't quite there, let's continue to tinker as Tom Brady gets a little bit older and maybe we'll be ready to strike in a year or two.
3: It's I- like, let's keep one foot in 2017. Let's keep our foot there. We We have a chance to make the playoffs, but we know we can't get past the Patriots or the Steelers. But we're gonna build around Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, some young guys on defense, especially in the secondary, and and they'll be
4: they'll be better for the future. I, I, I think they're always trying to compete and like most good organizations, they're trying to think long term too. I, I agree with you, you're right in in a way you're looking ahead with the Mahomes pick, but that's exactly the type of pick that they should be making, and that's one pick, one first rounder. And the other two examples are I don't think they believe Jeremy Macklin was that good a player anymore for whatever reason, whether they're right or wrong. And I think the the GM thing is something that speaks to dysfunction or speaks to lack of communication. It's it, not something they expected to do. It's not a good sign. They allowed this guy to fire a couple of people below him that were respected. Now they hire new guys that he hired. Then they fire him. It, more has come out about the Dorsey thing since since we talked. And it sounded like it really sounds like I think it came down to him swinging his you-know-what around and maybe wanting a contract, you know, and then it had a to do with a contract. The and the owner was like, who's the boss? I'm the boss. I'm the owner. You're out.
2: Swinging his contract around? Swinging his contract. <laughs> you never want to do that. Uh, all right, number nine on the list. Not a surprise to me. I thought they'd be lower because of the Eli hatred in this room. Uh, the Giants come in uh, with a score of 27. <laughs> and, uh, well, you guys all have your reasons, but... Uh, the reason why the Giants are at number nine is what, Greg?
4: Well, I even had them a little lower at number 10, so I, I fulfilled uh, your stereotype <laughs> of our views. Of the I Giants. had them at eight. <laughs> okay. Really? Yeah. So Wes was a little more yeah. optimistic. I had them at nine. Yeah, I mean, c-
3: because the only thing keeping them out of the playoffs is their quarterback.
4: Well, right. they're – Potentially, they're two tackles. Whenever I mention it on the podcast that their tackles were abysmal last year and they haven't replaced them at all, uh, Giants fans send me pictures of how much weight Eric Flowers has lost. All right, let's 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 see him play. Let's see him play. Let's see him play. You, you always want your offensive tackles to be in the 240 range. I think they're good. You're talking I mean, about your offensive tackle lost weight. Is that a good thing? Right. They were saying he was out of shape last year. Now he's good. Maybe that's fine. And if they improve on the offensive line – then they they have a chance. They have some really loaded positions. I'm not going to argue, but we're talking about uh, some good good teams here.
2: Yeah, I think they. If I'm Eli, I'm a little bit annoyed. First of all, I'm, I'm caught in a uh, some type of memorabilia Ponzi scheme that people are saying I'm a part of. Not happy about that. But I'm also not happy about my O line kind of stunk last year, and then my team didn't really invest in free agency or draft stock in, in fixing that. Uh, and he's like, I'm old. I'm, I'm 36 years old now. Am I going to get better like that? But this is a lot of, we've talked about. There's a lot of pressure on Eli this year, and he's going to have to perform whether or not that offensive line is up to snuff.
4: NFC East, any one of those teams can win in a given week. And the NFC, I think, is deeper.
2: So that, that's why they're deep. You know what the Giants need, Wes? thought they'd you. <laughs> yeah, they do. Make a power play, sweep him out of New England, Eli, career year.
3: They could also use uh, – Patriots offensive line personnel and their quarterback.
2: Oh, that's true. That's fair. They'd take Jimmy G. Although the quarterback, I don't know if you got. Let's be real, guys. Giants
4: fans. You would take Jimmy G over Eli right now.
2: Oof. You know what? A lot of people would have taken uh, Tom Brady over Eli in those two Super Bowl games as well. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Just saying.
3: As if like Eli outplayed him or something. Right.
2: All right. Hey, listen. Can't change history. His- history, Wes, as you've said many times, is instructive. It is. Now, now, these last three spots, and we got to wrap this up. This is going on too long. But if you are 30 or higher on this list, uh, that means this room does not think you are going back to the playoffs. And it starts with the Miami Dolphins at 30. And I will say I'm surprised that they are this low. I had them at 11 uh, personally because uh, I'm just not buying into the Dolphins hype. But I thought you guys were a little bit more, or at least you, Greg, were a little bit more excited about this Miami team making noise, and apparently not. I like them fine, but
4: you got to compare them to the field. Do I really like them that much more than the Bengals or the Chargers or the Chiefs, you know, the Broncos? No, I think they're in that middle tier, and I, I there's some things about them in the offense that I like, but I don't expect them to have a better record this year. No way.
3: I think their roster is stronger. I expect them I fully expect them to have a worse record because of this reason. They won 8 of their 10 games last year by a touchdown or less and history is instructive. That good luck does not go over from year to year. It's not going to happen. They are much more likely to have bad luck in close games and they're not a team that's going to be blowing teams out.
2: They could if you're being optimistic as a son, You look at your division. Okay, we could go 4-0 against the Jets and Bills. That's true. And then you look, all right, maybe we could split with the Pats. But even if they take us out twice, we're still in good shape in our division. Now we just got to go find another six wins.
4: You're making me think. I think I I did rank them ahead of the Giants, for instance. Like, I think they have a pretty strong roster. I do, too. I think
3: their roster is borderline playoff caliber.
2: Yeah. All right. And then uh, 11 on this list. with they total 33. The Houston Texans. And uh, this one makes sense. The quarterback is either Tom Savage, who may or may not not exist. Tom Savage is real. Might be Nick Cage preparing for a future role. Like, we have not really hammered this thing down yet. Or Deshaun Watson, who is a completely green rookie, and uh, unless once every 20 years or 30 years, a guy like uh, Dak Prescott comes along, and you go to the playoffs. But usually, the rookie's not taking you to the playoffs, and Tom Savage isn't taking anybody to the playoffs. I don't care if J.J. Watson on your team.
3: For as lucky as the Dolphins were, any list you see... Even if teams aren't watching, even if statisticians aren't watching games, any list you see of teams unlikely to make the playoffs is going to include the Texans and the Dolphins because of their good luck in close games. The Texans were ranked 29th in Football Outsiders DVOA, which factors into account strength of schedule, how well they were playing at the end of the year, every factor imaginable. They were between the 49ers and the Rams, and the only teams lower than them were the Rams, Browns, and Jets last year. This was not a good team. They were a very lucky team last year.
4: The the argument for them is they're still in the AFC South and maybe our Titans, who we like a lot in this room, don't come through and it only takes nine wins. But this was not a good team. I do I they were dead last on my for this exercise, they were dead last for me. And I can see them <coughs> winning five games.
2: If you look really wow, if you look at the last five teams on our collective list, the one thing they have in common is that the quarterback position is uh, either a question mark or kind of like a meh. Uh, the Chiefs, Alex Smith, we talked about that with a rookie in the wings, Eli Manning. We don't know what he has left at this point. Ryan Tannehill, what is Ryan Tannehill? No one understands him yet, uh, or maybe he's just Ryan Tannehill, a middle of the line quarterback. Uh, the Houston Texans there, and then finally uh, number twelve, the one that that. The reason I say that is they have a quarterback that could end up getting a contract that's as big or close to Derek Carr's contract and Matthew Stafford, and yet we have the Detroit Lions as the team least likely mm. to get back to the playoffs. Wes, it is a quarterback league. Your boy Vince Lombardi said it's the only thing that messes up uh, football is it's too much dependent on a great quarterback. I don't, I'm not going to say Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback, but he's a very good one, and yet... We are so down on the Detroit Lions. Why?
3: I ranked them 12th because relegation wasn't an option in this. <laughs> what
2: does that <laughs> oh even boy. mean? They're fine. They're
3: fine. They were losing 15 of 16
2: games in the but fourth By the way, better election. watch out. Connor Orr on the last podcast went after people that do relegation bits about the NFL. Oh, I, oh, I, I love the
3: that. idea of relegation and wish that all major U.S. sports would take care Uh-oh. of it. Get rid of your little tanking, you little sports.
2: <laughs> all right, go on. Start
3: relegating. Uh, they, were, they were losing in the fourth quarter of 15 or 16 games. That's a sign of a terrible team that got lucky. The Browns are the only other team in the league that was losing in 15 of 16 games in the fourth quarter. The Lions had no business in the playoffs last year. They backed in with three straight losses at the end of the year, and they are the most boring team in the NFL.
4: Oh, stop. It they're got not, personal with Wes. Yeah, they're yeah. not that boring. I mean, any team with Matthew, I love watching Matthew Stafford
2: throw the pigskin around. If That's what they say, the pigskin. Four, if you're losing. Real yeah, football they, yeah. guys talk like that. They were losing what, in the fourth quarter Is at the stat, 14 <laughs> yeah. out of 15. Well, that means, you know, it's a lot of comeback wins. Yeah. I'm not saying they're mean, the most I mean, how dare you say team. that the team with Jim Bob
4: Cooter The Cooter. Is the most boring uh team in the league. So they
3: can play bad games they can play bad teams tightly.
4: I, I'm not worried about. I'm not plan. worried about them on offense overall. I think they can be fine. Their line looks okay. I mean, I, I put them low on this list too. Doesn't didn't their line just move their left tackle? Lose their left tackle and someone else? That was a problem when you're it's trading for bad. Greg Robinson.
1: Yeah. Fun fact about the Lions: I have a Jim Bob Cooter autograph. Where'd you get it? Uh, Knoxville when he was when he was at Tennessee. I'm pretty what, proud of that.
3: Where does a man keep an autograph?
4: Yeah, especially like, Jim in, Bob in your no, home. It,
1: no, I was, he He wasn't, I was, what, like, 14 when he was oh, there? Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so. So
2: you don't still have it?
1: Oh, I do. It's just back in the
2: attic. Did, and you, added, d- did you get the autograph just because you thought his last name was funny?
1: No, I got it because it's Jim Bob Cooter, and he's like a folk hero and for Tennessee fans. <laughs> Who was the quarterback <laughs> at the time? Uh, Eric Ainge. Oh. Former yeah. Jet? Yep. Yep.
4: Mm, he yep. Yep. Uh, I think Wes was indirectly saying you aren't a man if you're asking others for autographs. But you were
1: a 14-year-old, so yeah. that,
4: that's okay. It's,
3: it's perfectly acceptable for a 14-year-old. I don't think that grown men should be asking other nah. grown men to put their name on a no, this
1: wasn't me. last year. No.
2: <laughs> um, okay, so there you go, everybody. and Lions fans, you, you know where to find Chris Wessling. At Chris Wessling on Twitter. Uh, he just, uh, he's not excited about your team. That's just the way it is. 35 points, by the way, and, and I encourage you all to come
3: at me because I haven't been as active on Twitter, so my block numbers are going down, and I can't have it.
2: <laughs> there you go. We got to get get Chris Wessling's block numbers up. Come after him about the lines, and that's it. That's it for uh, today's show. We'll be back. Well, I'm not going to be back. I am, uh, uh, you know, fighting this cold. Number one, but number two, I'm going back to New York. That means the next time you hear from the rest of the team will be Thursday, and uh, that means the Miundis read is up, up for grabs. Number one. Top of the list. Also, uh,
4: Colleen will be here on Thursday, right? I don't know. Is, I believe, you guys have the figure I believe she'll Mark's be, a wild
2: card. She'll be hosting it. Yeah. Maybe Mark will be back. We don't know. <laughs> maybe he'll be here. Maybe he won't. Uh, uh,
3: have a safe flight. Say hello to Deb and, and Keith, and I'm sure you'll be playing some cornhole and maybe even a little whiffable.
4: Yeah, and stay
2: strong, brother. Wes no. is right. Feel, feel better. Greg, thank you. Yeah. That means a lot to me. Uh, all right. So that's it. And uh, when I get back, well, you guys are free to talk talk about it as well. Uh, we need to figure out this five thousandth uh, Redditor. We got to figure out. That, I that I thing. have an idea. Do you want to share it now, or do you want to talk behind the scenes? I
3: don't want I don't want to make you uncomfortable when I suggest what I'm going to suggest.
2: Ooh, well now you. Because
3: that. you're the only wild card here. <laughs> well, let's, well, let's hear it. They get an invite to WrestleMania four.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All expenses paid.
3: No, they have they have to get there, but they get the invite. <laughs>
2: wow, I would be fine with that. I would think we should be able to have someone a paid trip uh, to some type of. I don't know. We'll talk about it. I listen. I, I have no problem with a, a listener coming to your party. Okay, that'd be fun. All right, that's it. This is Dan Hansis. I'm just trying to get through this day. It's <laughs> not feel it. Signing off for the mailman, the boss, and Sully behind the glass. Thursday,
0: you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring. Green, Irish, shop now at a store near you. Awards Watch says, Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss in the land of saints and sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home.